This is K.M. Wyland, and you are listening to the 476th episode of the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. As you may remember from previous episodes, a concept that I'm very interested in these days is something I call whole life art. Basically, I believe that an artist, a writer, doesn't just make art at the desk, but rather everything we do throughout our daily lives impacts what we bring to the desk, just as what we carry away from the desk impacts the rest of our lives. To that end, I've gotten even more serious about living a healthy lifestyle. Particularly, I've been focusing on physical health lately. I've always pursued organic foods and tried to avoid chemical additives, but lately I've doubled down on cutting out processed food, especially anything with wheat or sugar, as much as I can, and focusing instead on eating as much real food as possible. Mostly this means lots of veggie and cheese stir fries. I also make sure to eat a protein and fat heavy breakfast first thing. For me that means a baked egg with cheese. Mostly inspired by some structural issues from an old ATV wreck. I've also been giving yoga a go lately and finding it highly addictive. And the awesome thing is that I truly do find that these real life pursuits are brightening up and focusing my creativity when it's time for me to come to the desk every day. Anyway, just a little note from the trenches to encourage you to make healthy choices throughout your day. And now I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, how to use a truth chart to figure out your character's arc. How do I figure out my character's arc? This is a question I receive commonly and with good reason. Not only is your character's arc central to all your other story choices, plot and theme foremost among them, character arc can also seem like one of the most daunting parts of a story. Mostly this is because of its very integrality. In so many ways, your character's arc is your story. As we've discussed lately, character arc is particularly essential to your development of theme. If you don't develop your theme and your protagonist's character arc as two halves of the same whole, the story is likely to feel inorganic. Central to this relationship is your main thematic truth, along with the character-specific lie, obstructing your character or characters from benefiting from a more realistic and holistic perspective. Over the years, I've created quite a few resources for helping authors, me too, understand how to organically evolve a character's understanding or misunderstanding of a story's central thematic truth. My blog series and my book, Creating Character Arcs, offer an act-by-act, plot-point-by-plot-point examination of the relationship between character arc and plot structure. So if you're new to the idea of consciously constructing your character's arc, I definitely recommend starting there for a big picture view of the subject. Today, I want to share a new tool, one I've refined for my own use while writing the sequels to my portal fantasy, Dreamlander. I'm calling this tool a truth chart. It's a fast one-page beat sheet designed to help you get your head around the big picture of theme and character So you can see at a glance if everything is holding together and progressing realistically. Thematic truths, and to a lesser extent lies, often seem unwieldy in their abstract vastness. For example, the thematic truth underlying your story may be something as titanic as love. 
because these universal subjects can be accurately expressed in so many ways, they're often difficult to pin down. Over the course of your story, you may find yourself expressing the same core truth in a dozen different ways. When trying to create a thematically cohesive story, the abstract nature of the subjects with which you're dealing can often be bewildering. After all, we all want complex thematic premises, right? Several years after writing my book, Creating Character Arcs, I decided I needed a standalone post that addressed the truth. So I wrote one using Marvel's Black Panther as an example of how the thematic truth can be developed act by act. While in the middle of outlining the still untitled third book in my Dreamlander trilogy, I found myself referring to that post over and over again to help me ensure my plot and character arc were thematically sound at every beat. Somewhere along the road, this practice turned into an exercise all its own, the truth chart. Now, in a minute, I'm going to define each of the specific parts of the truth chart. But first, I want to just kind of go over it and show you what, what it is. Obviously, if you want to print it out, you can go over to my blog at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com and you will find this where you can copy it out and print it in Word or another word processor. So here are the parts of the truth chart. Your story's big truth. This is the main theme. Your story's big lie. Your character's specific truth. Your character's specific lie. The thing the character wants. The thing the character needs. The ghost. And then we have the first act and its specific manifestation of the big lie. Also in the first act, we have the story's quote unquote small introductory truth. In the second act, we have an aspect of the truth acting as an antidote to the specific lie, which will manifest fully at the moment of truth in the midpoint. In the third act, we're going to need to know about the remaining quote unquote biggest chunk of the lie. And finally, in the third act, we need to discover the climactic truth. Now, for the entire picture of what each of these elements are and how they should interact with your story, you'll want to check out both my book, Creating Character Arcs, and the previously mentioned post, which was titled, How the Truth Your Character Believes Defines Your Theme. For now, though, here is a quick overview of each piece of the truth chart. So we start with the story's big truth, which is your main theme. This will be your story's thematic premise. It should be a universal principle. For example, hope gives people a reason to go on living rather than your character's specific truth. For example, hope will help you survive and escape an unjust prison sentence. It's also best if you can create an intentional statement rather than just a single word principle such as hope. Now we have the story's big lie. This is the big lie standing in opposition to the big truth. Like the big truth, it is a generalized version of the specific lie the character believes. This is the lie that will affect every part of your story, including supporting characters, the world around the protagonist, and the antagonistic force. Then we come down to the character's specific truth. This is your character's specific version of the truth as found in the circumstances of this specific story. Many stories offer a big truth about, say, redemptive love. 
But the manifestation of your story's specific truth can be as vastly different as Jane Eyre is from Logan. Opposed to that is the character's specific lie. Now, I positioned the big truth and big lie at the top of the chart because that truth is your story's defining principle. However, your creative process will more likely discover your story's thematic premise via a specific lie the character believes. This lie is at the root of the plot problems. The character believes something about himself or the world that is untrue, and his lack of understanding will create consistent obstacles, aka conflict, between him and his ultimate plot goal. You're also going to want to identify the thing the character wants. Although often representative of a larger, more abstract desire, for example, to be loved, the thing the character wants, well, manifests specifically in her plot goal. Often the thing the character wants is at least partially misguided based on the character's mistaken, lie-based, reasons for wanting it or methods for gaining it. You're also gonna to want to know the thing the character needs. The thing the character needs is ultimately an understanding of the truth. Usually, the need will also be represented by a more concrete and specific outer world objective. Sometimes the character will run away from the need in the beginning, but in many stories, he may consciously quote unquote want the need, which exacerbates the inner conflict between his lie-based want and the truth-based need. Now the ghost is something that's sometimes referred to as the wound. It is a motivating event in your character's past which represents the moment and the reason the lie first took root in her life. Often the ghost is a traumatic event, for example, the death of one's parents, but it can also be a good occurrence, for example, receiving too much praise for a specific accomplishment which then leads to a misunderstanding about life. Now we come to the first act, where we need to know the specific manifestation of the big lie. In the first act, the story's big lie will initially manifest in a specific message that is either urging the protagonist toward the want and or presenting a direct obstacle to the protagonist's ability to move forward toward the need and or the want. It is usually a mindset or belief presented by the normal world around the protagonist, even in most negative change arcs. The character will likely take this manifestation of the life for granted without questioning it much, if at all. In the first act, you're also going to need to know the story's quote unquote small introductory truth. Although the protagonist will spend most of the first act in a comparative state of tranquility in which the truth does not proactively contradict the lie, the truth will still be present via a small introductory version of the story's larger thematic premise. This will often be the thinnest edge of the spear, the first tiny prick of truth that begins to slowly wedge open a change arc character's awareness of the lie, which in a negative change arc will prompt still greater resistance to the truth. The most important thing to know in the second act is an aspect of the truth that acts as an antidote to the specific lie. After the setup of the first act, the second act will represent the protagonist's full-on immersion 
into the conflict. And as an extension, her full-on immersion in her inner conflict between lie and truth. Throughout the first half of the second act, events well conspire to grant her a growing, if often unconscious, awareness of the truth. This finally manifests in the external conflict at the midpoint, when the character experiences a moment of truth. How the character reacts to this revelation well depend on what type of arc she is following. Regardless, the truth she finds here will not be the complete big truth. Rather, it will be a halfway truth of sorts. In order for this thematic revelation to flow properly with the external plot development, the moment of truth should be framed as an antidote, so to speak, to the specific lie the character believed in the first act. Throughout the subsequent second half of the second act, the character will not fully reject the entire lie or embrace the entire truth, but the lie and the truth in which she believes are now modified versions of those with which she started out in the first act. In the third act, you need to identify the remaining quote unquote biggest chunk of the lie. The third act can be a tricky time for character arcs. The character needs to have completed most of his growth by this point, but the biggest revelations should remain in order for the third act to feel properly climactic. This is why it's important to retain the biggest chunk of the lie for the character to confront in the third act. By this point, the character will have embraced most of the truth, but there's still a big moat in his eye. There's still a crucial bit of the lie that he, or the world around him, if he's in a flat arc, hasn't seen past. This will be the lie's final argument within the story. And also in the third act, you need to identify your climactic truth. So combating the third act's big chunk of lie will be the climactic version of your story's truth. In essence, this will be the big truth of your thematic premise. But it's helpful to refine that big truth, which we talked about at the very beginning of the truth chart, into the very specific truth needed to resolve your story's main conflict. You can see various ways in which your character will interact with this final truth depending on the type of arc she is demonstrating. So there you have it. Now you almost certainly will not, should not fill in the blanks on this truth chart right at the beginning of your story creation process. Discovering the proper truth, lie, theme, and character arc or arcs for your story will be an organic process. You won't know the right answers until you first and simultaneously have accumulated enough knowledge about your story's plot and your character's journeys within that plot. To work well, your story's thematic truths must emerge organically from every other mechanical piece within the overall structure. Once you're far enough along to know the general shape of your story, you can start looking for its emergent truths. So consider what questions your story is asking. Some thematic questions I recognized in my story included, why am I here? Who am I supposed to be? What is my destiny in this life? What is my responsibility in this life? What is life's narrative? Just talk to yourself 
on the page? What themes do you see emerging? What themes do you want to explore in this story? Start trying to sum up the theme in a single truth. And you may find several. Keep going, keep refining. Always check yourself against the truth that emerges in the climax. How does that truth tie in with the character's struggles and misconceptions earlier in the story? Now, eventually, you should come up with the single best option for summing up your story's truth. Hang on to all your other truths you may have written down, because some of them may turn out to be the quote-unquote smaller truths your character has to work through in the first and second acts on his way to overcoming the big lie and accepting the big truth in the climax. Now, to help you kind of understand what the truth chart looks like in action, I'm gonna share some examples from my outline for book three in the Dreamlander trilogy. And for those of you interested in the series, I suppose this might be a little spoilery, but only on an abstract level. Plus the book won't be up for several years, so you'll probably forget all about it in the meantime. I'm gonna share charts for two different characters. The first is for the protagonist, and therefore represents the story's main theme. The second is for the most prominent supporting character. And you'll see how her chart riffs off the main lie and truth, but explores some ancillary angles. Okay, so the story's big truth or main theme, what you do matters, and you know what to do. And the story's big lie, destiny is a lie. Your life has no narrative, and no meaning. So the protagonist's truth chart and his specific truth is responsibility to my truth is my greatest destiny. This character's specific lie is I am not destined to save the world. My actions are all random and some are mistakes. The thing the character wants is to save the worlds. It's portal fantasy, by the way, so there are two worlds and live happily ever after with the love interest. The thing the character needs is to live a meaningful life. And his ghost is the apocalyptic consequences of his mistakes. The first act's specific manifestation of the big lie is there's no guarantee my actions will turn out for the good. And the first act's small introductory truth is I can't give up, I have to act. In the second act, the aspect of the truth that acts as an antidote to the specific lie and comes to fruition at the moment of truth at the midpoint is what I do matters because only I have the abilities as gifted to do what must be done. In the third act, the remaining biggest chunk of the lie is either destiny is a set narrative or life is meaningless. And the climactic truth is destiny is inscrutable, but still accessible if I am willing, no matter the cost, to listen to my inner truth. So that was the protagonist and therefore representative of the main theme. But now let's look at the supporting character slash subplot truth chart. So this character's specific truth is my destiny is bigger than my understanding of a narrative. And her specific lie is the narrative is true, so it must just be me messing up. The thing this character wants is to fulfill her narrated destiny. 
The thing this character needs is to surrender into the faith and freedom of a larger, more complex acceptance of reality and her place in it. And her ghost is realizing the narrative she had believed in regarding her destiny as a searcher was not what she always believed. In the first act, her specific manifestation of the big lie is my destiny is found in my identity as Queen of Lael and the searcher. And her small introductory truth in the first act is I must stop denying the truth about reality and my place in it. In the second act, she's going to find the aspect of truth that acts as the antidote to her specific lie at the moment of truth. And that is, if I want to fulfill my destiny, I must give up my stubborn grip on my own identity and my own limited narrative. And in the third act, her remaining biggest chunk of the lie is, to fulfill my destiny, I must understand it, which will be countered with the climactic truth, the only thing I can do that matters is act in faith. So I hope you'll find this truth chart as useful a tool as I already am. Don't forget that you can find the printable version on my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. Now go forth and write powerful themes and don't forget to tell me your opinion. What thematic truth are you exploring in your story? If you'd like to be part of the award player community on my site and join in the conversation on this subject, be sure to drop by the site. Again, that's helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. You can always find a transcript of the most recent podcast and add your voice to the discussion by visiting the first post on the site's homepage. And don't forget that if you're looking for an older post, you can always find those by putting the podcast title in the search field at the top of the right-hand column. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcast. And if you'd like to support Helping Writers Become Authors, I would totally appreciate it if you'd consider taking the time to leave a quick rating or review on the Apple site. Thank you so much for listening to the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast, and be sure to check back again next week.